You're listening to the Tuna Town Talks Fishing Podcast with Captain Paul Miller. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm a full-time charter captain based out of Ennis, Louisiana, and over the years I've seen some of the most incredible things, and some of my friends have told me some of the most unbelievable stories, so much to where I decided I would like to start a podcast. And now a word from our title sponsor, Blue Wave Boats. Blue Wave has been the number one selling bay boat along the Gulf Coast for many years now. And with over 50 square miles of marsh located out of Venice, Louisiana, it is essential that I choose the right boat to put my clients on fish. For the last four to five years, I've been using a 24-foot bay boat powered with a single 300 Suzuki, and it's been an amazing boat. However, over the years, I've also learned that I like to target a lot of different species that are near shore, so having a bigger boat with more power could help with that, which is why I've decided to move to a 26 Pier Bay powered with twin 200 Suzukis, and this has been the perfect size boat for being able to target multiple different species, especially because the boat has over four live wheels in it, which allows me to use multiple different baits to target multiple different species. With the flush mounted seating, I'm also able to maintain ample fishability, all while still providing a comfortable ride for my clients. With the step toll technology, I'm able to be more fuel efficient at higher speeds, which is also a huge advantage when making long runs through the marsh. If you would like to purchase a Blue Wave boat, head on over to bluewaveboats.com where you can find your local dealer. One of my favorite things to eat while out on the water is either beef jerky or snack sticks. And my favorite place to get this is bourgeoismeatmarket.com. That's right, guys. This is some really good stuff. They don't use any nitrates or preservatives. It comes from one of the oldest meat markets in the world with over 130 years in existence and their fourth generation taking over now. I really want to get the word out about their product and how easy it is to go on their website, order what you want, and leave it on your boat. So go to bourgeoismeatmarket.com and use code TUNATOWNTALKS in all capital letters to get 10% off your order. That's right, guys. Go to bourgeoismeatmarket.com and use code TUNATOWNTALKS in all capital letters to get 10% off your order. That's bourgeoismeatmarket.com. B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S meatmarket.com. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Tuna Town Talks. I'm here today with Brandon and John Carter, and we have some interesting things we want to talk about today. Um, I think the the main topic that we're going to talk about today is the proposed um, trout and redfish limits being changed. It's going to be, um, so right now, um, next week, what's today's date, guys? Today is... June 29th. So June 29th and July 6th, um, this stuff is going to go to the, Brandon, it's going to go to the, it, it, it's the, the biologists are presenting their plan to the commission, to the wildlife commission. Right. Uh, and then it will be voted on. Okay. And so the proposed changes are going to go, um, and if you don't know already, um, just for the listeners that don't know, um, our redfish limit is um, 16 to 27 inches, and you can keep five per person and one bull red per person. And our trout and um, uh, guides can keep their limits. Um, and trout is currently 25 fish per person at a 12 inch minimum. 
no oversize, and you can also keep guides limits. And they're changing all this to um, 15 fish for trout per angler, 12 inch minimum, a, t a two fish over per angler, t over 19 inches, um, and eliminating all guide limits. And redfish are going to no bull red harvest at all, and four fish per angler. And the slot is going to be adjusted from 17 to from 16 to 27 inches down to 17 to 25 inches, and um, as well, no guide limit at all. And um, I guess I, I'll just we'll just start by um, I guess Brandon, like your um, personal opinion on these uh, limits and uh, the changes that they're trying to make. Like, where where would you even begin to start? Uh, do you want my per my real personal opinions or are the which safe which podcast safe? Um, well, my my personal opinion on it is this. Um, as far as on speckled trout, uh, we we do not have as recreational anglers with rod and reels, we do not have an impact on the species. Well, I'm not going to say we don't have any impact. We do have a very slight impact. It, it, it's, it's, it's in the single digits. The low single digits is what our, according to the science, uh, is what our, is what our, our impact is. We're the lowest, we're the lowest impact on the entire totem pole. Recreational, yes. rod and reel recreational anglers are the lowest impact on the entire totem pole. Sharks eat more fish than we do. Porpoises eat more fish than we do. Bull reds eat more fish than we do. Pokey boats are killing more fish than we do. Shrimp boats are killing more fish than we do. The environment's reducing the, 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 uh, the carrying capacity more than we do. It, it, we're the lowest user group on the entire totem pole of the speckled trout population, but yet we're the ones that's getting it stuck to us. And is that is that is that proven by science? Would the science say that as well, or is this? Uh, yeah, I'm sh I'm quite sure you could prove that by science. Well, I don't know, I don't know how you'd survey how many sharks are you know. Well, are, this is the thing, I, and I I don't know how. It's hard for me to ever believe the science when it comes to knowing stock assessments. I don't think right. Like, tell right. us how many fish are out there. Yeah, it's, how, like, can they, it's, how can they it's figure subjective. that out? It's subjective. I mean, it's uh, you know, well, if you put your nets and do your sample here, you get one result. But if you put them over there, you get a different result. And it's like whenever we're fishing, one spot's better than the other. And, and right, and fifty yards can be all the difference in the world. Yeah. You know, uh, him, him, and I could be fishing together side by side, and and I can literally sometimes cast over his lines, and he's catching fish, and I'm not. That happens a lot. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I think. Uh, you know, I dive a lot and, you know, what you go down there and see versus what you catch is really not really even, yeah, it's not, it isn't, there's, there's no bearing to it. Um, sometimes the fish bite, sometimes they don't, I mean, and then sometimes you can do something really easy to shut off a bite, move your boat around Absolutely. or something like that. And all those fish will just stay there. You know, they're not going to, you know, I mean, and <clears throat> I guess to play devil's advocate a little bit i mean a lot of people would say that uh 25 fish per person is just too much to begin with and like what what do you think about that do you think that 25 fish per person is too much to begin with like is it just more than what we really I, need? i think i think 25 per 25 fish per person being too much for somebody is uh somebody's opinion that's right. that's you know what's good for you may not be good for me you know we don't know what this guy you know I, i've got customers that I know whenever they take these fish home, 
they're going to waste them. They're, yeah. they're not going to eat all those fish. You can just, you know, there's you, people. You know. You, you, yeah, can you, tell. Can tell. you can just tell that those are the people that are not going to, you know, they're not going to put those fish completely to use. But then I've got people that I know, I know that they're, those fish are going to be, they're within a day or two, every one of those, the entire uh, 13 <coughs> gallons of speckled Yeah, whenever they fillets. start talking about how they're going to cook it and the recipes right. and all that kind of stuff, like that, re- that like gives me that insurance right. that like, oh, right. these fish, right. these fish are actually going to be It's used. like the guys that I have tomorrow. The guys I've got that are fishing with me tomorrow they book about 20 trips a year now, this year they've been pillaged by the weather it seemed like every time they've had a trip booked that we've had bad weather but with that being said his they fished with me that many days over 20 plus years that they've fished with me and every single time they come back they're, they're like man we're, we're out of fish we need to, you know we got to get they, those they they use their fish so in that sense now nah, i mean 25 fish a person's not that's not wasteful you know when you're from Florida or Texas or Maine or Wisconsin or whatever, and you look at a picture of a bunch of fish, like, oh, oh, those guys don't need. It's a different culture, yeah. you know. People in other parts of the pl- in other parts of the country, number one, they don't have access to a to an estuary that's as fertile as us, is as fertile as what we have, because there's almost nothing in the world that can duplicate it. Um, you know, so that so their so they, their concept of it is fishing in a pond or in a lake or whatever. Where yeah, that would be overfishing. If I was a guide in Florida, I I would be appalled at keeping twenty five trout. I'd be appalled at keeping five reds. Yeah, or Texas. I mean, right, right, or Texas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And you are, or if I was a, if I was a guide on on uh, on uh, uh, the Great Lakes, and, and I and I and I saw somebody with twenty five walleye, I'd be like, oh my man, what's wrong with these people? Because it's not a fisheries that that is that is sustainable at those levels. You know, those 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 species are not as prolific, and they're not living in, in an environment that is as productive as what we have here. So our fisheries can't be judged based upon what people in Florida do or people with Texas do or people in Alabama or Iowa or Mississippi or anywhere else, California. It, none of it applies to us. We are our own little unique estuary, our own little niche right here that has to be managed accordingly, according, accordingly to, what, you know, to, to, to what we need here or what we have here. I would even go as far to say you can manage each area of Louisiana differently also. Now, you can manage Big Lake differently than you manage Venice. I mean, yeah. absolutely. And, that's, that, and I brought that up on the phone conversation a little while ago. And I, I said, you know, I said, first of all, you know, because we, we've got a, a little – I'm in, a, I'm in a, a text group with a lot of guides from across the, the entire state and, and, and some, some – uh, I don't want to say who, but public people. Right. Uh, politically involved. And we've been discussing a lot of this stuff back and forth. And there's a couple of guides that in, in like over in Cocodry that are like, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, we, we don't really have too much of a problem with this because, you know, we do feel like we've got a few less fish. So, well, why are we trying to put one shoe on the entire state of Louisiana? Yeah. You know, why, why, why do we have to, you know, why, why does one size have to fit all, you know? Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't, I mean, and, you know, for a long time, that's what they did with Red Snapper. They had right. the same regulations for Florida as, right. as they did for exactly. Texas. That's I mean, and example. they've gotten, you know, better and better. You know, I think that they've kind of separated all those things. And they, you know, allow the states to kind of manage their own fishery, which I think is, is good mm-hmm. because every fishery is a lot different. Yeah. Well, how, how long has Big, Big Lake been at 15 fish per person? 17, 17 years. years now 17 years and, you know you talk to those guys and they say that there's been zero impact on fish stocks if, if anything, anything has if, gotten if worse. anything it's regressed they right. don't have the big fish that they used to have 
They, but they do catch. I do hear from a lot of, especially our customers. We have customers that fish. The, 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 the two places they fish is Big Lake and Venice. Mm-hmm. And we have customers that will say, yeah, we catch more numbers. We catch more schoolies than we ever did. But we don't catch those big fish anymore, and and the guides over there they'll tell you the same thing. We you know we we, we you know we we've had to change completely change the way we fish because we don't have those big fish anymore. But we have a ton of small fish, and it's not translating. It's not it's not. It, I it, think that's it, a good sample size for what they're trying to do here. You know, yeah, you could look it, at yeah. Big Lake and see and, that it and, didn't well, work. And, and look at Big Lake. I mean, Big Lake is is the size of Blind Bay. Okay, we we've got ten Blind Bays around the Venice area. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot you know, of habitat. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, so you're looking at you're looking at you're looking at a very closed estuary at Big Lake that that is that is con- you know if if it, if there's anywhere in the state that's controllable, it's a small lake like Big Lake. You yeah. know, uh, the only access that it has to 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 the Gulf is one little outlet. You know, one channel, one ship channel that goes out. That's the only access you have to the Gulf. So you're fishing in a lake. I mean, a true lake. I don't, I don't know anything about Big Lake at all, but have they tried to do anything to make more structure, more habitat for? I, I don't know about all. I, I know that, I know sure. they, I know that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know all of the details of Big Lake. I'm not, I've never fished there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going off of, off of, yeah, the surface of what I can see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I know, I know they've had some projects supposedly. I think they've had, they've done some CCA projects with reefs and things like that. But as far as like land building or anything, no, I don't think they have. Yeah, and that's one thing that's interesting. I mean, you you guys fish for speckled trout a lot more than I do. I don't, I don't fish for speckled trout very, very seldom. Do I fish for speckled trout just as a nomenclature for everybody listening? But would you say uh, to me for a speckled trout, you have to have a sandbar or some type of structure that comes all the way out of the water? A lot of the times, mm, no, I say so. not necessarily. No. Uh, I, I, mean, I fish a lot of, I fish a lot of underwater stuff. Like, but like the, so like, take for instance the the Green Monster Reef. Yeah, is that as good as the Green Monster? Well, I, I haven't even fished it. I, yeah, we haven't even we haven't even messed with it since they since they did that. Um, my uh, friend Aaron Pierce, uh, and he's and he's he's a fishing guide and builds the Four Horsemen corks and stuff, but uh. He, uh, but he also has a, a marine biology degree, mm-hmm. and he did a research project. Uh, I think he, I think that's what he he did the research project on in college or whatever. But uh, but anyway, he told me that he did some research on this and that um, with those with those rigs when they remove them, that the uh, even if there was more bottom structure added, that it held less fish because of the because of the shade cover, like the 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 um, the above water cover. Uh, created an effect that 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 pulled in more fish to to those to those yeah. uh, to those structures. And I, that's I would think that the bait a lot of times is what holds at that top third of the water right. column. And so yeah. like I don't know for me, you know whether I'm fishing rocks or a rig or you know Breton Island, like all this stuff comes all the way out of the water a lot of don't times. Don't get me started yes. on Breton Island. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another that's well, another disaster. I wanted I actually wanted to talk about Breton Island. Well, they destroyed we, we it. Can, we can talk about it because they destroyed it. They destroyed it, you think? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. From a fishing standpoint, yeah. They did. They did. Does it? When you pull up, you go, "Oh man, look at that!" Yeah, they 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 built an impressive island, but structurally, it's not attractive to the fish anymore. They filled the cove in to where the cove used to be anywhere between three to six foot deep, 
and you could have 10,000 fish moving to the cove and you could have 15, 20 boats in there all fishing those fish. Yeah, now that it's that. six they, inches would, deep, you can't, you can't hold yeah, that I went fish. in there. I went in there earlier this year. I didn't catch nothing. I mean, right. you can catch them on the outside and the sandbars and stuff like that. But even but even on the outside doesn't hold as many fish anymore because not as many fish are as, are as attracted to the island as what the cove did. Yeah. See, the cove, would, it was a safe, just like for boats, it was a safe harbor. It was right. a good, good, calm, safe harbor for those fish to go in and collect in, in a nice, calm, cool pool of water in there. There were shells on the bottom. There was mud. There was little sprigs of grass that you'd get, you could get snagged in on if you, if you drug a jig around and stuff. I mean, it was just like a, it, was the, it was the perfect place for them. So when they started the project, we were like, well, I mean, the wor- what's the worst thing they could do? Fill in the cove. Well, and for everybody that doesn't know, Bretton Island was recently – restored using i think 80 million dollars of the yes. bp money right um to build it back up and to make it better and, and Bretton island was building itself back up in the as well it was. i don't think they had speckled trout in mind whenever they rebuilt the island i it think they had birds. birds correct right and they destroyed one of the most historical speckled trout fishing destinations in the world yeah absolutely absolutely one of the most historically productive spots in the world has, you know and, and, they, and they, they just we still catch and they fish did there, because they they made a lot of that sand and material moved into the cove that used to be six foot deep or so yeah i, I don't know if they actually i'm i wasn't out there watching them well i guess we kind of were but they did i know they did pump some of it, it just straight pump it in there i mean you, right. s- you see it now though it's it's anywhere between six to 12 inches deep now yeah you can yeah. hardly get your boat and there. it's supposed to be waiting area for birds i ain't seen a boy i ain't seen a bird wait in it yet it's, <laughs> that, and that's the problem it's too deep for birds but too shallow to hold the fish you know and it's just not the environment that the fish want yeah you know i mean could they fix it though could they make it deep like if they dredged out the cove a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah i mean that would probably help but the problem is is that when they dredge it out they just they, they're, they're gonna they're gonna dredge out all that sand but then they're gonna also dredge out all the good bottom material that used to be in there and then, and then you've got a dead bottom sitting in there that has to completely you know re- restore re- itself, re- restore yeah. itself regenerate you know hmm. um i would think though if they made it like seven eight foot deep in there at some point i mean i think that would to me, that I feel like it, it may fun. naturally do that it, over time it, it too. Probably, it, you know, hopefully over time it's going to do it. There Through is the a little, tidal, there's a little bit of a trench in there now, but but it's still not. It, it's just not what it used to be. And I mean, and you can't say, oh, well, it was because y'all were in there overfishing it. No, it was instant overnight, yep. yeah. absolutely overnight. When they when they when they start when they started that project, it was over. Bretton Island was over. Yeah, I went in there and uh, me and uh, Mr. Harold went and waited. Um, earlier this june and we caught we actually we caught very few fish but on on the surf side is where we waited harold boy (laughs) not harold harold Harold, Harold boy i guarantee he had to catch a bunch of them (laughs) hey you gotta give it to mr harold he catches a bunch i'm just he catches them that's why we friends so that's why i can tease him he was telling me that he was out there and so you're not allowed to park your boat out over there and get out and wade because you disturb the birds and that was the most baffling thing to me. I'm like, so you mean to tell me that they made this $80 million project for for all these birds and, like, literally the only thing that this island gets used for by the public is fishing. Correct. <laughs> like, we need, like, we need more pelicans, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've, I recently have been trying my hardest to get a bird expert on my podcast because I want to understand their how they get so much funding and so much movement for birds. It's wild. I mean, like, what if we had $80 million to, you know, actually yeah. improve well, and, well, here's the fishing the deal. habitat? Why can't here? we do both? Why couldn't we have gotten that $80 million and, and the engineers come to people like us and say, look, you know, we've got, we're going to build this island. Uh, we, you know, we got to focus. We want to focus on, on bird habitat, 
But we also, you know, we want this place to be a, a treasure, a, you know, a natural treasure, you know, for all species of wildlife, you know, whether it's fish or birds or whatever. Yeah. You know, what can we, you know, you guys have been here. Yeah, I don't want lives. all the birds to go away. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. That I mean, yeah, let the birds have a resting spot or whatever, you know, a nesting or whatever, you know, but and sea turtles, whatever, you know. But you don't have to destroy the fisheries to do it. And, yeah. and they refuse, absolutely, every one of these projects, they absolutely refuse to discuss anything with any of us. And they, they think we're just a bunch of dumb river rats. That, 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 that just that we, we're going out raping and pillaging. Exactly. That, that, you know, yeah. couldn't do nothing else in life, so they became fishermen. Now, actually, probably 75% of us have college degrees. Yeah. You know? And we, we know some things, and we've seen some things. It's, that's the thing. And, like, it's, it's hard to, like, look at these Facebook posts about what's going on right now, and everybody's, like, you know, recreational fishermen, commercial fishermen, we're all in up in arms, and we get mad at each other, and we point the finger at different people. Fighting the wrong people. But in actuality, like, whether you're for these new limits or, like, us that are against them, we – we all want the same thing. Yeah. We want there to be a lot of Absolutely. fish out there. Like and you don't want the fit. You don't want to <clears> just <throat> keep them so you can make them go away. Right. Like no, you that, want your kids that, to right. be able well, to that's catch the thing them. Is, like, <clears throat> you know, people look at me and they say, "Oh, look at you know Brandon Carter, man. You know he's he he wants to go out there and pile up those fish, man. He's greedy. He just wants to show off with these big. No, absolutely not. If I had, I, I, I told this in the group today, I said, if I had any inclination whatsoever, if I felt anywhere in my heart, anywhere inside my body, if I felt like, like supporting these, these new laws would help us in even the slightest amount, I would be out in the front of the, 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 the pack carrying the flag saying, come on, guys, let's do this. But it's not going to do it. What's going to happen is, is we're going to let this stuff go through, and you're going to have, and this is, this is the basis of where I'm at in, in, on this whole situation is you're going to let this go through, and you're going to have a large population of people who just don't understand. They're going to say, hey, we just saved the fisheries. We got this passed. Man, they, they just reduced these limits. We got it passed. And so for the next three, four, five, six, seven years, they're going to sit around with their hands, sitting on their hands, and they're, and they're going to be like, yeah, waiting for the fisheries to get better. And then six years, seven years down the road, they're going to be like, hmm, man, you know, nothing really changed. We, we really didn't. Same thing. Same thing. If anything, maybe it got even a little bit worse. Uh, should we lower limits again? No. What we should have done <laughs> is, is address what the real problem was at the beginning. Which you know, is? Which is habitat loss, number one. First and foremost, habitat loss. We've got river water dumping into places where it don't belong, and we've got land where it needs to or we don't have land where it needs to be you know and we're we're losing land at an alarming rate down here yeah. you know and we're we're in the delta okay you want to open up diversions and think you're going to build land we're at the mouth of the delta how much how can you flood any more fresh water out of the mississippi river into what we're fishing down here and we're losing land this is the dirty little secret for for all these people that are that are supporting these uh these uh, diversions and stuff, we're the dirty little secret that they try to hide because they don't want people to know that we're losing land maybe faster than anybody else on the coast. And we're at the, we're in the, at the mouth of the Delta where it's all coming out at. Yeah. And, and we're losing land at an alarming rate and we're not doing anything about it. And when we do do something about it, we go out to Breton Island and we, we plug in a hole that shouldn't have been plugged you know, or Look we, at South are Pass we, too. Or we they go, did right, the reservoir. You, you go to South Pass and they built up 12 feet of sand in the reservoir. What good did that do? The hogs probably like it. You right. know, just think about what they could have done with all that. Yeah, I mean, what what could they have they built have out there? That. You know, they could have they could have built us a they could have built us a barrier island out there off of, off of Garden Island Bay, and that then would have been. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. But I wish, they didn't I wish, even ask us. I wish yeah. people. I how wish how people, many fish are in Pole Lake now? Yeah, it, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, right. seriously, right. that used to be right. like an, an awesome place. Right. It really was. Right. That's another another blunder of theirs. Right. They know? just they gutted out Pole Lake and ruined it. 
flooding fresh water in there. So now we've lost that. That's the thing. They keep flooding out our estuaries with this water where it doesn't belong. Is river water the, the evil? You know, evil? No, I mean it's not totally evil, but yeah. it needs to be in certain places and not in certain places. You know, you need to have those comfort zones where the fish can go and live and and reproduce. You know, they can't reproduce when everything is flooded in fresh water. Yeah. The, the survival rate is too low. And that's what's so frustrating because I've had wet, a wetlands expert on my show, and they, you know, they'll say that we're actually building wetlands faster than we're losing it just in different areas. <laughs> that's not correct. That's, that's, that's what the science says, though. You know what I mean? That's what they – Well, that's what and it, it says, but well, we can see with our eyes And here's the happening. thing is that, yeah, that, that's the same thing with, like, with, like how they go in – that you, you go, down, go down Southwest Pass and they dredge Southwest Pass. They pump, they pump the spoil over the top of the levee, and then they, they're filling in the little ponds all on the backside of Southwest Pass. Oh, my God. So, yeah, on paper, yeah. <laughs> Look at this. We created land. But in reality, what did you do? You destroyed habitat. Yeah. You know, because you didn't put it where it needs to be. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about Breton Island and stuff, about why don't they come to us? It wouldn't have been – it's not no more expensive to put the pipe to, to put the pipe here versus putting it right there. We're not asking them to pump the, you know, another 10 miles. We're asking them to don't fill in that pond. Skip over that pond because that pond has always been there. That's not something that just opened up because of erosion. That pond has already has always been there. So let's leave that. That helps things. And let's put the pipe over here and let's fill in this outside over here where we can knock these waves down and we can catch that river water coming out and make it back up and start building sediment back behind. You know, start. It's like to me. I don't I mean to me. That's like common sense. But it's like no brainer because you see it all the time. You know, yeah. and like I, I really think that like whenever it comes to making habitat or or improving this, I think that Venice should be a a a, a model for how conservation should really work. Yeah. For fishing, and like because you could you could do what we're talking about here. And apply it to different coastlines, and right. they could actually make more right. fish. But we see the changes a lot quicker here, and, and we have and our fishery flourishes a lot quicker. Right, right. We we right. Our the, we we we're just we're in a very unique situation here. And on top of that, we have we have an opportunity here that other places don't have. We could, like you're saying, we could be the model because we've got the Mississippi River sitting out here. We've got dredges out here running twenty four seven. We've got so much material that's being wasted and, and put in the wrong places and stuff. Probably about the only thing that they've done that I would say, yeah, that probably wasn't too bad of an idea is when they back here behind Red Pass, the Spanish, the Spanish Pass pro, uh, project, where they, where, you know, where they, where they, they've built yeah, up. Yeah, that's seven. actually pretty nice. That, that there. I mean, that, hey, that's that they did fill in a little bit of estuary area back there and stuff, but man, that that back there needed some help because I mean, it was there was Yellow Cotton Bay is, is beating against the, the road out here. Yeah, but uh, again, wasn't that for birds? I don't know. What I have for. no idea why they did that. I think it was for birds. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I mean, it was for birds. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I don't know that, but I'm pretty sure it was. I, 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 I remember hearing but like <laughs> what's the deal with birds man <laughs> i mean i mean and I, I and i'm not i'm not against the birds i like birds but, but i mean i think i like fish a little bit more than birds i mean if you see the amount of people and the desire to go fi- and the amount of money in fishing like well exactly what you're saying right there you know we're out here trying to trying to you know really worry about uh seagulls well, what do seagull other than us observing them what do they do what do they help us with what do yeah. they provide yeah. So we're gonna so we're gonna so we're gonna forsake a resource that that does feeds people exactly that does feed people that does create income that does you know that is valuable that has an economic impact. So we're gonna ignore that and worry about and worry about these birds that that really aren't doing anything other than just being cute. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, kind and, of a and don't get me wrong. I mean, we don't want to destroy the bird populations. I'm not saying that. But yeah. it, it's, you know. we Our priorities aren't. Our priorities, right. Are not maybe where right. they need to be. Most, and and yeah. that, that, that right there is just another prime example of, 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 of another part of my argument is this, with this whole thing is it's perception versus reality. You know, perception is is that those birds are so beautiful, and when we create more of them, we did so good. Well, the reality of it is, is what I just said. They they have no they have no impact. They have no yeah. uh, no benefit to us or anything like that, other than a visual, a perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, show us where the fish are sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but and and it's the same thing with the, with the with these fish is that. You know, going back to what I was saying a while ago about about Brandon Carter being a fishmonger and being a, 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 a greedy and all that stuff and wanting to pile up all these fish so that I can you know beat my chest and promote myself and stuff like that, and it's like it's perception. Yeah. What I'm doing to those fish is 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 not damaging this. You know, it's well, man, look at all the man because because people like they look at that. Facebook has really just and social media has just it, there's so much concentrated. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, every, everybody to, you know, to I, I mean, I think there is something to the, the social media. I don't, I don't post my doc shots a lot. I know that's something that you guys do all the time. And it's, it's kind of cool to see, cause you know, it's possible. You're like, Oh, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It's like, you can go do it too. But I think that that's the, 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 the bad side of it is like, you know, especially like early in the year when nobody's really catching trout and then you guys go out and, you know, it's like spring hits and the trout, you know, the trout start to spawn and they're out there. Well, then if people don't think it's worth going, a lot of times they just choose not That's to right. go. Absolutely. Absolutely. But and if that, you it, post that picture it keeps of our them mo- out it keeps, there. It keeps our momentum running. Yeah. It you keeps know, people, 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 and there's other guides, you know, which, I mean, I'm not going to get into what guides these are, but I mean, they, they, they dress a certain way. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but they, oh, these dock shots have got to stop and this, it hurts so bad to see all those dead fish. And well, you know what? I'm sorry that my dock shots hurt your feelings. Um, I'm sorry that you don't run your business. You know, you don't promote your business properly, but my job is to, is to provide for my family and to provide for the families of the other guys that are working for us yeah. and, and to provide. So you're saying that's how you promote your business. We promote yeah, our business that way. Yeah. I mean, cause nobody, nobody's coming down here for, for a boat ride. They're right. coming down here for production, but they the come fish. to Louisiana yeah. because we have the fish, Yeah, you know, that's what they come here for. So if they don't know that you've got that, why why would they want to go with you? Yeah, how many times have you had somebody from Texas fish with you, and you get back and they say it would take us three weeks to catch this many fish in Texas? Yep. Yeah, constantly. I think I think I don't do it because there's a couple reasons. There's not one reason, but I I don't like my customers coming with that expectation. I like them to come with the expectation that you're going to get a cool picture with a fish, and you're you know you're coming to have fun. That's that's what I try to sell and experience. And, you know, like I don't trout fish a lot personally because a lot of my clients come from all over different parts of the country. And like I when on my off time, I go out of the country. I, a lot of times I go spear fishing and I'm trying to create that same experience for myself. And I feel like whenever people come from Montana, they're not trying to catch a speckled trout. A lot of times they're trying to yeah. catch the biggest fish of their life. They're trying to catch something truly spectacular in their mind, right? Right. Which a bull right. red in our mind and people from Louisiana is not that spectacular, right? But for them, that is the biggest fish they've ever caught, right? You know what I mean? And that's and we, like we, that. and we have clients like that. And I have absolutely, even when I'm trout fishing, 
if yeah. customers tell me, hey man, we don't we really we, we don't want to bring these fish home, we're, I will throw I no questions asked, I'll throw every fish back. I, I am not a fishmonger. I'm not greedy. I don't have to kill I love them. a catch and release day. I I have absolutely no no qualms whatsoever to to put fish back, you know? And, and and I don't have a problem with customers like you know what you're saying you know you, the way your your customer base and stuff like that uh, I, I don't have a problem with those people you know they want to they want to take you know they just they want that that one nice big trophy picture you know and yeah I love I mean today I mean I caught a bunch of big trout today and and I took I took the time to take quality pictures all day long of them I, I did not take a dock shot today I had a box of big I'm talking big trout I had mm-hmm. I had. I had five to up to. I had one that was just shy of seven pounds, oh, well. and, and I did not take a dock shot of those pic, of those fish, but I did on the boat. Took I I made sure that they had beautiful yeah. trophy pictures, and that, I mean we caught a ton of bull reds. We probably caught thirty bull reds today. I took a picture of with them with every single one. You know, it, it's just it, it's it just it, it all depends on what the, you know. You gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta shift yourself and, and go with go with the flow. Um, you know, but the vast majority of people in general do come here. But you to guys catch do fish. attract. You guys attract the people that want to come catch them. Well, sure, yeah, sure, y'all definitely. Yeah, do. I, I mean, mean, and I tell people if people come at me or they come fishing with me and they're like, "Man, we want to go catch trout next." I don't know if y'all ever get any of these people, but I'll tell them to go book with the Carters. I do it all the time because that's not, and I, you know, and like people have gotten people come at me at the dock and be like, "Man, what do we got to do to book a triple tail trip?" And I'll tell them where to go. And then I've had guides get mad at me. But I, to me, that doesn't make sense because, like, you know, I'll tell them to go with somebody else to go right. tarpon fishing or mm-hmm. to go speckled trout fishing or whatever it is, you know. Like, I, I, I just think that's how – you can't be good at everything here. That's the way this place well, works. And, and that's kind of that's kind of my mantra, you know, is that – I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you don't have to be too good of a guide to go out and catch a big bull red yeah. for somebody, you know. I mean, it, it, So how can you differentiate yourself from – for I'm not here to just be a guide, you know, yeah. to survive. I'm not here to survive. I'm here to prosper and to flourish. And so in order to Trying do to that, be the best. Right. And so exactly. I, I have a competitive spirit and even in business, you know, a competitive spirit. spirit. Yeah. I, you know, I want to make money. I want to make a comfortable living. I don't want to be poor, you know. Right, right, I want right. to be able to afford nice things. And so if I'm just one of the guides – then I can't do that, and so that's part of my whole reasoning of, of, of concentrating more on on the you know with the with the, the 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 dock shots and things like that is because, I mean I separate myself out from everybody. I mean I'm 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 that guy, you know I'm like I'm mm-hmm. I mean th- th- our business is like that. Those are the guys we want to. I mean, if you want to catch a lot of fish, those are the guys you want to yeah you want to yeah. fish with. And so it, sure. it's it's a, you know it's that's that's my way. Of, and I do like doing. And I, mean, I think I, you know, I, I and I think I'm the same way in a different sense. I like doing the near shore. Like if people get on my boat and they tell me they don't really care what they catch like i'm i'm, you know, I'm going near short i'm catching mangroves right. and yeah. cobias and and triple tail i mean you know like the guys today that's what they're like man reds or whatever you want to catch and i'm like well whatever i want to catch and they're like yeah i was like we're not going red fishing <laughs> 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 and we caught some monster triple tail you know and they you know they were like man I thank you so I much a triple tail today too. We both, actually both of us yeah, did. We both yeah. got a nice one but back to the the limit changes uh my biggest problem with the new proposal would probably have to be the slot limit on speckled trout. The the two fish over 19 inches. That's just that's hard for me to stomach. I mean that's that's just not something I think I could get behind. Yeah, well, I can understand the 15 fish, you're not needing 25, and yeah, I get it. The the two over 19 that just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, well, and, and again, it goes back to the whole thing of, of 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 one you know one size fits all. 
Well, you know, maybe over over in Cocodry. Or in Texas. Uh, or, yeah. Where, Texas, where you're trying to have a trophy trout population. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it, right. I mean, and that's a, that's that's a whole other tangent, but... But like just within our state, you know, if you if you're fishing if you're fishing on the interior marsh in Cocodry, a 19 inch trout is probably like, man, that's a stud right there. But when you're fishing out off the mouth of the delta out here, a 19 inch trout's just that's man, that's just another a, a trout. 19 ounce, a 19 inch trout's what two pounds? Yeah, on maybe a good day, two pounds. On a good day. You know, I mean that's that's day. not that big of a trout. No, yeah, I mean that's a baby. You know, it's a baby. So why why are we trying to make a baby special? Yeah, you know. I don't, yeah, and I, you know, I've I've looked at the. I don't think that, what's the what's the longest like isn't speckled trout? They only live like what ten, twelve years. Seven, seven to eight. I mean, they they can live you know ten years or so, but normally you know normally about the oldest that you'll ever see one is seven to eight years old. Really, like a seven eight pound trout. In that's Louisiana? probably that's probably a, a you know a, a six to eight year old fish. Wow, and that's I mean that's like. Now, let's let me let me. And what would be what would you? I mean, I know there's science to this, but what is the the main breeding stock of those fish? The younger fish, absolutely. It would be the like your fish. like your 17 to 22 and inch th- fish, or you're like your. I would well, your your 12, your 12 to your probably your 12 to 20s is is probably your your most prolific size range, because people are confused about and this go and this is a whole lot of you know the people that a lot there's a lot of people that support these regulations because they don't understand they think that a speckled trout is like a redfish or like a bass yeah. where the where the where the most mature fish are the spawners those, those are that's the backbone of the spawn that's not that is not trout. that is not the case on a speckled that, trout that's how i think about it right take the big ones right, right? That, I mean, that's exactly because the big ones have done their jobs they've been in the system for five six seven eight years and they've laid eggs for all of those years. Well, when they get to that age, well, let, let's back up. When they get to that age, they're spawning once or twice a year. But for the, the previous years, you know, their, their first, second, third years, they probably spawn seven or eight times a year. Yeah. So you've got that the, the biggest part of the population is 12 to 20-inch trout. But And then on top of that, that's also the ones that spawn the most. The most. They spawn prolifically, seven, eight, nine times. I mean, I've caught fish in March that had eggs, and I've caught them all the way into almost November, and they've had eggs. And I, I, caught, made, I, I caught fish in December this year with eggs. You, you had in December with eggs, you know. So, and 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 those are those are the fish that that's the fish that's the backbone of the spawn. Yeah. It's not those big ones. People think that those big ones, oh, big old row laden, you know. No. Yeah. Do now do does a does that big trout does she lay more eggs? With the one time she does spawn, is that spawn a little bit more? You know, does she carry more eggs than the? Yeah, absolutely, of course. But yeah. but she's spawning once a year, maybe twice if she's a, if she's a you know if she's a real a real aggressive breeder, she might maybe twice. But the backbone of the fisheries is those smaller fish. So technically, if you really wanted to protect something, you should protect those fish. Yeah, you make just increase the size limit if anything, right? Right, but Instead but then then you get into the whole thing though with increasing the size limits though is that. You, then you start to to make your your uh, your harvest disproportional to male know, trout. To, so, so right, so you'll you'll wind up taking if you if you if you raise the, the the limit, you're you're leaving male trout because male trout don't grow as fast as the females. So you're you're like say you go to like the original proposal was thirteen and a half inches. So you're gonna at thirteen and a half inches, you're gonna leave all of those fish under. 12 and 13 in, under 13 and a half inches and the you know a lot of those fish are going to be males because the females grow faster you know at the same you're at the same age more class, females than you're going to catch more it's going to it's going to skew the take where you're taking more of the females out versus the males of the same age class 
Right. It, right. And most male trout don't live to see five years old. Yeah, I mean. So the males die. Quicker? They die a lot faster. And how would they die? They just die of old age. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure what happens to them, but they just don't live as long. They you're you're, you're lucky to see a male trout live to five years old. Yeah, you just you, well they don't grow as fast, and then you also you just I mean well, actually, they might not need as many, right? Like if for I, I actually uh, I actually caught which I don't know if this is still the, the case, but I actually well I didn't catch it. A customer did. I had a customer catch the largest and oldest male trout that was ever recorded by Wildlife and Fisheries. Really? It was uh uh seven seven pounds fourteen ounces. It was a male trout. It was a male trout, and uh, it was a long, skinny fish. And um, we got back to the dock, and the guy was like, uh, I was like, man, you're going to get this. He was, that's what he wanted was a big trout. He wanted an eight-pound trout. His fish was 714. And uh, I was like, you can get that fish. Uh, might have actually been 715. I think it was 715. It was one ounce shy of being eight, ounce, uh, being eight pounds. And he said, nope, I didn't hit eight pounds. I'm not going to get her mounted. And uh, one of the biologists was standing there, and he was, like, going crazy. He was like, can I sample this fish? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, you might as well sample it. If he's not going to get it mounted, let's, you know, sample it. Well, a couple of weeks later, he comes back, and he was kind of – I don't remember what his name was. I used to call him Hussein because he was kind of, like, Middle Eastern or something. <laughs> and uh, he was, he comes back, and he was <laughs> – he, he comes back, and he's gibbering at me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? He said, largest, largest male trout. And I'm like, what? The male, largest male trout? What are you talking about? The fish you give me last week, that big one, largest male trout ever. And I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, largest male trout we've ever recorded. And, you know, and it was, uh, I, it was, the fish was, uh, what year was that? Whew, that was, I want to say 03, 03 or 04. Wow. Something like that. And the fish was seven. So uh, just before Katrina? Yeah, just before Katrina. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, That's I was crazy. bringing up Katrina. Katrina is really is what started our 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 spiral, you know. Is the, as far as the habitat loss, right? It, it just it gutted <laughs> Katrina gutted everything open, yeah. you know. And, and that's our problem nowadays. It, it gutted everything open, and it's just been a, it's just been a continual downfall. And that's our problem nowadays. It's not that we really have less fish; it's we have less attainable fish yeah. because of conditions. Yeah, you know, think back to this past December, Paul, when all the conditions were right. How many speckled trout were in Venice? When where the in December? Oh, a lot, dude! It was unbelievable down here. It yeah, was I mean, it was off were, the I'd charts. I've never seen so many shitty boats in the jumping mall. So life. so where did all those fish come from? <laughs> yeah, where, where they come where from? Where were they? Did they just magically appear out of thin air? They were here the whole time. They just weren't catchable. Yeah, know, the conditions right got there, right, yeah. and the fish moved in and were able to be caught. Right, right, and that's maybe why. Like I think about like, I guess I, whenever I think about going trout fishing, you know, I need a destination. What rig I'm going to, or what you know, rock pile am I going to or something like that. You don't ever just go out in the open and just And, and I, I think that's where a lot of a lot of some of our biggest fish are or, or probably just out there in the middle of nothing. Just yeah. Just out there in the middle of nothing. Stuff that's where the bull reds are. <laughs> yeah. And I I'm honestly I'm surprised that we don't ever catch you know, when you go out there and, and, bull and red make fish. those bull red drifts and stuff, I'm surprised we we don't catch more trout out you know I guess, yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. But. I mean, if you were a trap, would you want to be in a school of bull reds? <laughs> yeah. <I mean. laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, every once in a while you do, but yeah, for the most part. Would y'all say that, like, um, I mean, y you guys fished here when the Sandy Point rigs were there. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, like, that was, like, a loss of habitat in a way that, like, made – like there's a loss of fish there because of those being yeah gone. i mean uh, i mean that that definitely i mean every everything plays a role you know yeah. everything has an impact as, as far as the environment you know i mean i mean that that's a ton of structure that was removed it, it took a toll on the west side so for sure somebody gave you a magic wand and a trillion dollars to make a speckled trout reef what would you like in louisiana like if you could just do anything you wanted 
with any amount of money, like how, how would you? If somebody came to you and said, "Let's make more speckled trout." What? How would you go about doing that? What would you think would be the best? I'd way? start in Blind Bay. Yeah, well, you got to start rebuilding that area. Well, you got to. Well, you just. Yeah, I mean, you have to start. You, well, actually, you would. I would start if you're talking about Louisiana as a whole. Mm-hmm. I would start in the interior marshes, or or or, or whatever I did would would be an emphasis on recreating the the interior market mar, uh, marshes whether you did start from the outside and worked your way in or whatever just to give them so you have some protection for but the base of like the west uh, go, let's go, let's talk about sandy point uh the rigs being out there uh i wouldn't necessarily say that they produced fish you know as far as like uh, they were habitat spawning habitat. spawn right they, i wouldn't consider that to be spawning in i guess it was because i mean those fish were out there spawning and stuff through the summer but they might not be where the where the but, little fish were right well that, exactly with the, but the, see, that's the whole thing is the little fish th- that was a congregation area for the for the mature fish to spawn but then whenever they whenever they spawn you know the tide is going to pull those those eggs, eggs back, back into, into the, the estuary into the well you look right. You go. You go right here to Sandy Point, and you know, and and, and look back. You know, from from Sandy Point back to Empire and Burris and all that. There's nothing left anymore. It's just a bowl back there. There's no habitat. There's no head. There's no edge habitat. There's no like grass and stuff for them to there, go right. float up in. That, right. You know, to hatch 20, twenty years ago, that west side back there was just was just inundated with islands and and and, and bayous and ditches and just 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 thousands of acres of of, of fish growing habitat. Now. I mean, dude, you can you can sit in the Gulf and, and look at the cars passing on the bridge, you know, an empire. Yeah. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. We've lost. We've it's just just completely gutted and barren back there. So you've lost your. You, you can't produce fish. You can't. There's, 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 there's your carrying capacity. Your production has has been reduced because you've lost all of that edge habitat out back there. You know, there's no there's no there's nothing for the fish anymore. Right. And and, and that's the thing is, uh, it, it's uh, a receding a receding estuary is a double edged sword. Because when it, when it, when an estuary is receding, it's releasing nutrients into the water, which is good. That's fertilization. Yeah, like an eroding peninsula. Right. Right. Exactly. That that's you know that's 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 and that's part of why Louisiana fishing is so good. You look at our water. Our water is so much more turbid than other places in Texas and Florida and stuff. Our clarity is is, is so much less. But and that's because we have nutrients in our water. But you also get to the point to where you you get to a point of diminishing returns to where you've lost so much marsh. You've had so much deterioration that you don't have any more to go. You know, you don't have any habitat left for the yeah. fish. So it, it's kind of like at a certain point, you, you get to that diminishing returns point to where it's like, you know, having some of it reciting and releasing those nutrients is good. But then you get to the point to where, you know, well, we're, we're getting too low now. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, as far as, like, building it back, would you make, like, I've always thought like a, like a U, like a, like a U-shaped rock line with a deep spot in it. Yep. You know that would be a very conducive yeah. reef for all that. You know what I mean? Like a like several of those, and that would also act as a barrier to beaches. Right. And we need we need, we need things, barriers. We, sure. Right. We need barriers. Not you know we don't need. Uh, I mean no, I'm not gonna say we don't need underwater reefs, but we need barriers. We need things that stop water. Yeah. You so know, like a rock line going all the way around. Right. Like Absolutely. Line. That would be protection. Awesome. You know, because yeah. because. Not only do we need the protection for for the, for the for the land, but the fish like the shelters too. Like again, Breton Island, you know, they lost their shelter. They don't. They didn't have that nice that nice harbor anymore to where they can go in there in that safe harbor. And, and so yeah, I mean, I, I would, that was. I mean, I would be I would be uh, you know building as much stuff like that as possible. 
Um, and it makes me wonder, too, if they did do some stuff like that, how quick that marsh would actually grow back. Oh, it, it, I mean, that stuff grows. When they when they pump out that, that fertile. Like if you were to take a rock line and, and cup out a big rock line around Blind Bay, like would the marsh start building back? I, mean, I, I, would, I, would think I definitely so. think that would that would uh, that would definitely help. Um, you know, because it, it, again, if you go like say in, in an area off of the river here where you've got outflow from the from the river, well, you know that outflow is just going out. Okay, but if you put the but if you put those those, those blocks out there, you know those islands or, or rock walls or whatever, and and hold that current back, then that water is gonna it's gonna stop that water, make that sediment settle, and then it's gonna start building its way back. You know. But they won't do stuff like that. Instead, they go and they <laughs> pump in ponds and they pump in little estuaries and stuff like that. Really, one of the only places I could think that has built land down here would probably be off the South Pass uh, sandbar out there. But it, it got destroyed in uh, Ida. It, 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 it was, hasn't and, come back. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it really it's, hasn't it's, came back good at that, all. That whole area in there was was building very, very rapidly, and now it's, it's, it's starting to regress now. Yeah. That's sad to see, for sure, because, I mean, that was – I thought it was awesome. There was some good fishing back there. A lot of big trout caught. Red I mean, still fish, triple is. tail. Yeah, still I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Still, it's not like it was, though. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't caught. I don't. I, I mean, normally the, behind the sandbar back there, and, and you know, the, the East Bay side behind South Pass, behind that sandbar, the long sandbar, normally in the spring, I mean, I, I have some mind-blowing catches back there. Yeah, banner and, days. And, and this year, I don't think I – It's like Pole I, Lake, too. Every spring you go to Pole Lake there. and catch trout. Oh now you, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. And, but you, and you look at look at the mouth of South Pass, one of the one of the major outflows of the river. Look how far back the beaches have, have been eroded. I mean, the, the, on the on the east bank – I mean, on the west bank right there, you know, you're, you're beat back all the way to what used to be Coast Guard Cut. That's where the, that's where the, that's where the beach is now. I mean, used to – that Coast Guard Cut used to be uh, three-quarters of a mile inland, you know. That yeah. we, we've lost that we, is the beach now right now now that's the beach i mean we've lost and that's where all the water is flowing out at right there all yeah. that all that muddy mississippi river water that's supposed to be building all this land and everything the river just doesn't carry enough land enough enough sediment. En- enough sediment anymore to 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 build you know it's 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 built yeah it built sandbars in the river and some sandbars close to these little diversion openings and stuff like that but to actually build heaps of land, it's not. It, we don't yeah, have. We don't know, have that anymore. You need a barrier to where that that sediment, and then it, it it's got to be protected because once you have a buildup of like a mud flat or a sandbar, I mean, all it takes is a is a twenty knot wind to knock right. that shit That's back right. down. That's I mean. right. <laughs> yeah. Back to the corpse engineers, they uh, they destroyed the South Pass seawall too. I mean, that that was another yeah. historic speckled trout location yep. in the world. Yeah, weren't they going to build that back? I, I haven't know. heard anything. I know they went. They wouldn't put all the rocks on top of the seawall, and they smashed it down. It just it was never the same. And then the rock, did the that. rocks all fell off. They all of fell it. off, and it, it, they destroyed the seawall down there. I mean, that's probably probably the best trophy trout location that we mm-hmm. had in Venice. Yeah, yeah. that's another thing I've, I've thought about is making like a uh, like a like a metal U-shaped wall. Like all of our rigs are just pylons, right? Mostly like round pylons. But if you had like a huge like a like maybe like a quarter mile wall just out in the middle of you know the open like that right. would have to carry fish i mean they would yeah. have to i would think you would think <laughs> couldn't hurt <laughs> yeah but to to move on to a slightly different topic what do you guys think about them uh uh the bull red thing no more bull reds i, I don't care i mean well, I, I don't we don't keep bull reds anyway you know right uh, it's it's not going to i don't really think it's going to make that big of a, a impact on the fisheries but i can understand like not wanting to keep bull reds and 
I mean, not, not I mean, I just think that's a drastic change from going from one a person to none at all. Like, go to like to a boat or something like right. that. Right. I mean, it, that's the, I mean, what, what happens if you go out there and you catch a, a, a 65, 70 pound bull red and, and it's a state record? You got to throw it back. You can't, you can't bring that. Yeah, fish you in can't and, trophy hunt. Anymore. You can't, you know? Yeah. I, I would, I, I, I would, I would be. I, to me, to I don't want to kill bull reds because I mean they are the breeder fish. That again, right, right. Exactly. I always expect anytime I kill breeders. one, I kill, I kill them all the time. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I do. I mean, everybody knows that. They see me at the dock. I kill bull reds, but I've I always never, I've ex- never seen you bring a bull red. <laughs> okay. But, when, now, when I say bull reds, I'm not talking about 30 inch fish. I mean, I'll kill a 30 inch. Yeah, fish. that's what I'm talking I'm, about. I'm talking like, about like yeah, a see, true, like a true bull, like red. a 40 inch. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, br- that's I don't, what I'm, I don't that's know if I've, I've ever brought right. in a 40. That's, that's inch. what I'm referring when to. I like somebody would have to really twist my arm to bring in a 40 inch bull red. I won't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. I, honestly, I felt like they should have done like 16 to 30 inches for the slot limit, and then, then if you don't want to keep a bull, you know, no fish over 30. Yeah. You know, I felt like that may have went over better. But as far as the bull red thing goes, to to me, like you you have like I mean, there's and there's some days where it's tough, and you might you might only catch you know a 30 inch bull red, mm-hmm. and if they want to keep that, or if it's like this kid and it's his biggest, I don't know, his biggest right. fish or something like right. that. I, I just see that, like, whenever you go to these, what what happens whenever you further restrict limits is people people's desire to go fishing will regress. People yeah, will not want to go right. as much. And and that's that's something I brought up today too. Is that that uh, I mean, business right now is tough for some people. You know, there's I've got a lot of people that are calling me and and and, and asking for trips. People that have never asked for trips right. ever before ever in the before. last twenty years are asking for trips. Yeah, yeah. And like people that don't even really like me or yeah. are like, man, look, I need help. I need trips if you've got anything yeah. for me. I mean, I'm, I get the calls too. I'm, I'm getting, getting a lot get, of calls. It's getting you know. So we're, but what do you what do you attribute that? Well, to? I attribute that to being a, probably just a little downturn in the economy right now. People See, are starting to and like I've hear that a lot too. But I personally think that you can blame everything else. But I think our guides can do a better job. They can do a better job at being more yeah. personable. Oh, I agree with that. They can do I a do. better job at trying to provide a very memorable. Like if somebody's coming to you from Texas or Florida and they fish all the time over there, you have to make this experience very memorable for yeah. them to want I w- to come I back. Would, I would never survive in Texas or Florida. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> if if I mean I'm just saying like these people don't know what they really want. So like nine times out of ten, if you book an inshore charter. These guys are going to go out and they're going to catch their 15 redfish or whatever it is, and they're not going to strive to go catch this bull red or this triple tail or whatever else it is. They don't, they don't, right. they don't want to put out the extra effort. There's no extra effort, and so like whenever people want to blame the economy and things that you have no control over, why not start blaming the things that we can right. control? No, I, I, I do. and there, I mean, I mean, our our charters have gotten expensive. We're, yeah. We right. are both right. plus fuel. We we. I mean, they're very exp- plus right. bait and right. all that I mean, kind of thousand dollars plus fuel. On, I mean, that's on a that, that definitely that's definitely uh, an, a, you know a part of it, you know. But I am seeing a little bit more the widespreadness of it because I mean I've, I'm I know I'm talking about some pretty prominent. I mean, like, successful- dude, I went to Costa Rica this past January when I had a captain and a mate. They made me ceviche on the boat. They entertained me. They fed me beers. Everything was included. I didn't have to bring my food or nothing like that. Like, they took – I mean, what I'm saying is they worked for far less money yeah. and got paid – I mean, and 
did way more for less money. Yeah. Right. And I just feel like a lot of our, I mean, and I, I'm not saying this about all guys. We have a lot of really, really, really good guys down here in Venice. And a lot of them that I, I would put my, my, my closest family members with. But there are some that have gotten increasingly lazy over the years. Yeah, 1,000%. And I think yeah. that – I just think that I, – I hope that people will hear this and they'll kind of put in a little bit more effort. Because, like, if somebody gets on my boat and they came and drove – I've had people drive, get in their car and drive 13 hours to come down here for one day of fishing. And, like, you know, it's different if you got somebody that came down for a week and you're going home that day and the fish aren't biting right. that much. But if they just drove 13 hours and the fish didn't bite that well that morning and it's 11 o'clock and it's time for you to go home, dude, you need to stay out there a little Absolutely. freaking longer. Keep grinding. Absolutely. Go find those people some fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go and, grind. And that, that, find that, them a bull red, something to remember. Right. You and, know and what that, I mean? That's how, that's how I've always run my business from day one is that I think back to when I was a kid. And, 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 and I was so desperate to catch a fish and, and, you know, I think back to, to like, and, and we, we didn't, you know, we didn't have no big fancy when I was a kid, we didn't have big fancy boats and, and, you know, a lot of money and we stuff like that. We slept on the beach. Yeah, we, we slept on the, we, yeah, we yeah. weighed fish and slept on the beaches and stuff like that. And I, I think back to that and I, and every day when I get in the boat, you know, I, I think like, you know, I, if, if, if I was that kid that's getting on my boat today, what would I, how would I want my day to go? You yeah. know, or, or if I'm even even grown adults, I mean, these guys maybe have never been here before. They've never experienced this before. And they have these, you know, that, man, I want to just want to have a good fishing trip. But I think that's how I, I, I run my business, thinking about how I felt as a kid, how I would have wanted to be yeah. when, before I knew what I was doing or before I had the success. How, you know, how would I have wanted somebody to treat me if I had booked a charter? And, and that's why, like, me and my me and my younger brother, I always had this vision that we would go out out of the country and try and shoot a giant, you know, a giant fi- pelagic fish, you know, somewhere in a panga. And we went out, and, like, at the very end of the third day, my younger brother shot a 145-pound yellowfin. And it was the most magical, memorable experience in my life. And that is, like, the fact that I go and try to do that same thing for myself. Like, I don't think enough of our guides here in Venice go on other guided trips to really understand, to put themselves what you're trying to provide for them. And I think that that's extremely valuable. Like, even like if I just go to Florida for like a week to go visit my brother or whatever, go I'll go book a charter just so I can see and feel what my customers want. Because yeah. that's, mm-hmm. like, you have to feel that at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, you know, I don't know. I hope I hope people will do that. Like, if you're a tuna fisherman down here in Venice, go get your butt on a plane, go up on the East Coast, and go catch a bluefin. Do something spectacular for yourself. So yeah. you're not, like, you, 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 you kind of want to live what you're trying to sell, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, but I guess I, I was going talking about the, the bull red thing. I, I just personally see whenever you have a, a – um, any loss in our regulations and a dwindling of the fishing, to me, we need to make this even a more popular sport than what it already is. Yeah. Because if we do that and we get enough people agreeing that we have more habitat, that that would put us to the next level. But yeah. just to keep regressing what we can keep and dwindling that away, I just don't. I just don't see it helping. I yeah. just don't. You know. Well, you're you're, you're taking away people's satisfaction. Yeah. You know, you're, you're dwindling their satisfaction. And if they're not satisfied, they're not coming back. Yeah. And like you said earlier, it's part of our culture to catch, you know, go out, hunt, 
fish and then go home and cook it. Right. And, like, you know, people like to say, like, oh, you don't want to kill these fish. Like, oh, that's so mean and da-da-da. Like, a lot of environmentalists will have that take on you. You get these vegan people yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And my whole thing is, is, like, yeah, it's sad for a minute. If you really – I mean, it's, it's not sad for us because we do it so much. But, like, yes, taking a life from something is sad. But then you bring it back. You invite all your friends and family, and it's like you're celebrating that life. Right, absolutely. That yeah. life. And then that, that carries on for generations and generations, right. and that's how culture is developed. Right. I, I, that's, that's, a, that's a great great. Uh, it takes point. us back right, to our right. roots from yeah, where exactly. we come from. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly. It's like you forget where you come from, you know, because you well, go to the st- – I literally had a guy on the, on Facebook the other day tell me I caught too many fish and that we should just go to the store and get – well, where do you think they come from from the store? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, I'm not joking. That seriously, I mean, you, like that, that's a, like a meme, you know, that you see people posting stuff about about you know, stop killing cows and just go buy a burger at the store or something like or something like that, you know. But this dude literally was like, you know, like, and argued with me about it. I'm like, I'm like, I, why am I stooping to this idiot's level, you know? But, but you know, that's the whole thing too, like killing these fish and stuff, you know. Oh, y'all, look at all those fish y'all are killing. Man, you don't feel bad about it? No, I don't feel bad about that. You know why I don't feel bad about that? Because I don't have Disney syndrome. I don't put human feeling and emotions into fish. Right. That fish has no idea what death is. That fish has no idea what life is. The fish was made to die. That fish was, that, all that fish knows to do is open his mouth and eat. Right. That fish doesn't, they don't concept nothing. They don't feel it. They don't understand it. They don't, they don't say, oh, I'm about to die. No. They don't have. There is nothing there. It fish, is a fish blank. were put here for one purpose. And yes, that's to feed. That's right. They're they're yeah. they're here. They're to here as a resource. resource. They're they a resource. They are and be eaten. Correct. <laughs> they are a resource. That is their purpose. And and we are a part of this environment. And it's my belief that we can do things to make it better. Like yeah, conservation. Uh, uh, you know, environmentalists want to keep regressing and and putting further regulations. And roping areas off to say you can't go there like they do to Breton Island. Mm-hmm. Like we're not supposed to go park our boats on Breton Island. And then conservationists actually figure out how to better coexist with the environment. Like real con- – like take somewhere like Africa. People go out there and they – I've had clients on my boat. They've gone – I had a guy one day between him and his two kids had killed four elephants in Africa. Wow. And, you know, like – it was, I was like, man, that's really crazy. Like, I don't know if I could ever go kill an elephant. I don't think I ever will. But when you start to talk to him and you figure out that, wow, he paid, you know, more than $80,000 per elephant to go over there and kill that animal. And they're not just going out and killing any elephant. They're going to take the big bull elephant, right. the one that's supposed to be taken out. Take, and then they're, they're all of that take money. take out the oldest one that's done his job. Done his job. They put all that money into protecting that species so there's not poaching and things like that going on. And so then you realize it's like, man, if they didn't do that, there would probably be no elephants left yeah. in Africa. Pretty <laughs> sure they feed those villages too with the elephant meat. Yeah, of course. They and they, they eat it and it's it's part of their culture, eating those crazy el- yeah. animals, you know, like and well, that's that's the, real conservation. Right, as exactly. ugly as that looks, right? And that's the that's, that's real that's conservation. What, that's what con- or that's what um, these environmentalists, these these wackos, don't get. You know, like you know, like with deer hunting and, and elephants or whatever it is. You know, hunters, killers, killers are the biggest conservationists on this earth. Yeah, we're the ones that we, we're the ones that that do more for the species 
than we love than, species more than they do. Exactly. Right. You know, that's our passion, man. That's our that's our that's that's what we live for. Right. And we don't want we don't want to see them go to waste. We don't want to see them uh you, you know uh, in decline. We don't want to see them uh starving or in disease, you know, stricken yeah. and we we want we want to manage them to keep those animals healthy and and, and, a, and a safe population and and you know and to be able to to be able to to, to keep it going. Right. Whereas if you just let these things run wild, you're going to see some nasty stuff out there because Mother Nature is is mean. That's right? what I think about the pelicans. Like there's so many of them now, you see yeah. them die in horrific ways. Exactly. Exactly. You used to never see pelicans right. die from eating yeah. calf tops and shit yeah. like that. It's out. Of, it's complete. And now we're and we're trying to and we're trying to build more habitat for them. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but I mean, it, but the, the thing is, I mean, you just called like environmentalist wackos and like that to me, these people, they just want the same thing that we want. They want they, they they they're more compassionate. And I think what it comes from is they a lot of these people, they learn most of what they know through educational systems. They've they've gone to they've gone through a public school. They went to college. They're more they're they have no emotional connection to their food. They've never gone and killed the cow that they're eating. They've never gone and killed the fish that they're eating. So they just listen to everything that they, you know, have read about and hear about. And and so we have learned through experiences. Right. We create experiences for people all while having our own experiences and that's what we see to be true. That is our truth, right. and, and, and that brings and their truth. That's pretty deep. I like that. Yeah, their truth is educational hierarchy. Yeah, that you know, if I go get this master's, or the people that they look up to are PhDs or double PhDs, and the people that have done the same thing as them, and they want the same thing as us. They want there to be life, and and it for, but we just learn it in a different way, and I think both have merit, but I think. Learning through, I mean, like, if we're talking about making more speckled trout, I think you guys are the ones. Right. <laughs> just saying, like, I think that y'all might be the ones to talk to. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, and, and people <laughs> of, of the same of the same caliber as you guys, you well, know. I mean, we, we've, we've seen our share of them. But, it, but again, what you're saying, it brings us all back to this whole, my whole base of my argument, is that we live in reality. We've experienced it. We've lived it, you know. And they're basing, they're basing their feelings and thoughts on perceptions. You know, it looks good. It feels good. It's so heartwarming. And yeah, but that's not reality. Reality is, is Mother Nature is cold, cool, a cold, cruel killer. You know, we've we've we've. It's l- ugly sometimes. Exactly, it's ugly sometimes. Yep. You know, and and some you know it, that's what these resources are here for. You know, they're they're here for us to use. And sometimes, it's not real pretty what we do to them. You know, Cause, <laughs> but 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 you know we don't do it we don't do it in vain. We, you know we do it as, a, as it's a resource. We're using these 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 fish or these animals or or whatever. No, hundred percent. I we are not put here to eat vegetables. You know, vegetables are a side. Yeah, some people do it. Couldn't it's be definitely me. not my. And hey, you know what? That's cool, man. If they want to live like that, that's cool. But don't don't force me to have to do it. Well, you know? I'm not going to go and try to take vegetables from them. And, and that brings and hang on. And that that actually brings up a good another point here too, because I got a lot of points. But but it's, it's like, and, and I'm seeing this, and this is a big deal in the hunting industry. Mm-hmm. You know, because you got hunts as well, right? right? I do, I do, I do whitetail hunts in Kansas, and and they've just they they're they're outlawing um, on like on public property. They just outlawed trail cameras. 
can't use trail cameras. And it's just a matter of time before that's going to trickle out and everything because you have this large population of people that sit up at the top with the, you know, with their high brows looking down on everybody, and they're saying, well, if you don't do it my way, you don't do it at all. You know, I don't use trail cameras. I only use traditional archery, or I only do it this way, so you can only do it that way too. And that's the way fishing is. You know, it's, 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 it, it, John said it a while ago about how, you know, about how there's so much infighting in the outdoor pe- with outdoor people. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be fighting each other. We should be lifting each other up. If it's legal and ethical, go do it, brother. Yeah. More power to you, you know, and that's the whole thing with this, with this, with the, with the fish. You know, you got, you've got these highbrow people that are, well, they think they're highbrow. They want to sit up. They, 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 a lot of these people have generated these, these, these personas to make themselves feel better about, about life or whatever. But they sit there and go, yes, I don't need to catch those speckled trout. I don't need 25 speckled trout. I don't need a 25 inch speckled trout. Uh, you don't either because right. I don't, you don't. Yeah, and, and so that has nothing to do with with reality. If you don't, then fine. If I like again, if we get customers that, that want to ca- want to catch and release, that's cool. Yeah, we'll throw them all back. And that's a saying that comes around a lot with like the speckled truth guys, is they say take what you need and release the rest. And for a while, I, I love that saying, but then like the the reality of it is, is like if you're recreational fishing, you're not starving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like if you're recreationally fishing. There's a lot cheaper ways, right, for you to go right. feed yourself, right. But I mean, is there healthier so ways? Like, are you gonna? Are you? Can you go? To, can you go to a store and get that fish that's that fresh, or can you go to the store and get a get an animal yeah. that, that's that's that pure? But as, as far as as what you need, right, is right. very right. subjective to, to right. each Absolutely. person. I I fish every you know weekly basis for sure, if not every day of the week, and. You know, for me, one fish a day is good. But if this guy's coming, you know, he's done paid all that money and came all the way down here, and and he's only coming fishing once or twice a year, right. then he might need more than me. Right. He's right. gonna need more than I do. Right. You know. And so I don't know, man. It's that's a tough. Like whenever somebody says it's more than you need, I just it's completely subjective. Yeah. It's know? it's hard to really put a finger every, on how much you really right. need. Everybody everybody you know? lives in a different reality. You know. They're, they're, you know what you need is what not maybe not what he needs what he needs maybe not what you need you know yeah. and that's the whole thing is that we just we're constantly just judging people on our own vision instead of instead of being like well you know man he's in a whole different situation than I'm in and you know? I think social media gave that a absolutely. huge platform absolutely that's the, that's no question and that's where it all stems that, from that's know? where it all because social media has given a voice to 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 stupid people you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, don't it's call them stupid people, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I they mean, just come from a different place. I mean, it's that, just, but, but it, the name calling, what that does is that they, they like want to call you a name back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It makes, it makes, it makes you sound like, like well, they're the asshole. Right. Well, they, it, they, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it's, that's not what it, we're it, trying to do. Right. You know? Yeah. And, there, and there's a difference. And I get it. I get where your head's there, there, is. There's, there, there are people that are stupid, but there's just a lot of people that are ignorant. Yeah, they just don't. They know. don't. Which ignorant is not an ignorant means you don't know. Right. And and there's a lot of people that don't know, but yet they still run their mouths. Yeah. And or they've never media been gives them that platform. Yeah, they've literally never been and fished in Louisiana, and they're on the east coast of Florida saying that we're keeping too many right. fish. Right. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's, just... that's completely inapplicable to me. <laughs> I don't care. You know. <laughs> 
That's so funny. You're right. It's not. I mean, they're not really relevant at all. Yeah, I mean, what's the relevancy? What, what is you living on the east coast of Florida got to do with me catching catching fish in, in Venice, you know? Yeah. yeah. I try to sit back and understand where they're coming from sometimes, but it's just like it, it's hard. You know? It is hard, if, man, if, and come from if, such a different place. If I, mean. if I lived in Florida, if I was, I was I was talking to somebody about this earlier today. Uh, it might have actually been the customers. I don't know. But uh, if I lived in Florida, yeah, I'd be like, if I saw a guy keep 25 trout, I think I think I, think I said this a little earlier. But yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I'd be like, man, what, what's wrong with you people? Like, why, yeah. like, why, why are y'all keep? Why that? you want to keep yeah. all it? Because it's a, di- it's just a different. Fish I, I can understand so the frustration. You, they just don't understand what we exactly. Have. But that's the whole thing: is that when you don't understand something, you should just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't let people know how it's, how 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 ignorant you are. Don't Even let people know how much you don't know. Yeah, and I think one thing I wish the science community would come to together, and they never will. But I wish they would come together and say that we don't know how many fish are out there, and we we're never gonna know, because that that would put us to the next level. Like all these creel surveys that they do for like I don't know what all those surveys go to, but I know a lot of it goes to stock assessments. And how many fish are actually out there? And what's coming back to the dock has no bearing as to right. what is really out right. there. Well, and here's the thing too, <laughs> you know, you got all these like wildlife and fisheries. They they're up at the dock up there. Well, you got a lot of guides, a lot of guys, almost probably most of them, who think that by telling them that they caught a lot of fish, it's a bad thing. And yeah, they'll, they, they and they'll lie. They'll lie and say, nope, didn't catch a single fish today. And so they put, they marked that down as a zero, and so that goes back into the database, and they're like, man, these people are getting – they had this, this this one day of effort with zero results. Yeah, and I've so seen it, people do that, too. I've seen people lie so it's, a lot. It's, 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 it's actually the opposite. Were, you you, know, you yeah. want them to think that you – know, we need to be telling them, look, we have a very healthy fisheries. I mean, we're catching a ton of fish. Yeah, I know we, people – Because if, if you don't have a healthy fisheries, you can't catch a ton of fish, and we're catching tons of fish. Right. So it's they been one of the that. better years we've had in a long yeah. time. I mean, it's we've been had a great two year. consecutive years of low river here in Venice, and I think that's gonna. We we had a great hatch, and we're gonna have another great hatch this, this year. This and, this should be an astronomical an, hatch. Another thing that I'm worried about is they change these limits, and we we have all these consecutive years of low river, and they go look what look how great these limit changes were. Let's do it again. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like the flounder. Like right. I mean, right. do you guys think that their flounder? Them closing the season no. last year has the, well, anything we said to the do same with the thing. flounder thing? We said the same thing. The flounder last year was getting out of control. And just for the listeners, guys, we have had an unbelievable year for flounder yeah. this year. Off I mean, the charts. We're, we have, like, I've never seen any. I don't know about you yeah. guys, but I've never seen any. But it was, like co- it was coming to that last year. Like last year, whenever, whenever in October last year, mm-hmm. man, we were going out and catching 20, 30 a day without even trying. The like, day just, after just it incidentally. closed. The day after they closed it, I caught 80 flounder. The day after, the day yeah. after at South Pass, I caught eighty flounder. Yeah, holy and, cow! And so we were already on an upswing, and so then they close it, and now that we've got all these flounder because it was already coming up, now it's like, well, look what we did. We fixed. It. No, you didn't. It didn't had no impact. It was just it was it was Mother Nature healing her healing herself. And I think it's kind of arrogant to think that you can change Mother Nature and, and fix things with with these little rules that we make i mean i, I think it's bigger than that. M- mother nature is way bigger than us yeah. way bigger than us now I we mean, don't give them enough credit we think we're like that's right yeah we don't. Yeah, right. and i think the big thing with the flounder was bp i mean you know all that stuff floated down to the bottom i think it yeah, killed a lot of I our flounder that's, yeah and it was well, a bit was been 10 years yeah, yeah. it's well, been more than 10 right. years because that's what the, the whole thing with the dispersants was to not make it evaporate off but it was to sink it to, to the bottom to the bottom so get that rid of get it out of sight that would be where the flounder again perception it was perceived that it was gone because it was on the bottom you know but but look at the flounder numbers. But I now think the they're just now are, coming back. Now the flounder BP. numbers are coming back like crazy. And I think BP had a, a, a bigger effect on all the fish populations here than what they are willing to take credit for. 
You do? Yeah, really? Absolutely. Yeah. And, See, because, like, me personally, I never – I've always felt like the, the BP – like, the fishing never really changed that much. But, I mean, when I hear y'all talk about the flounder – It took so I thought it was, down the road I thought it was a temperature text. thing with the flounder. There, now, that until, is, now there, there's a study back. from Texas A&M about the yeah. water temperature changing the, the – Yeah, they're starting to see it further north and everything like that. It changes their sex, from what really? I believe. It, uh, yeah, it, it, it makes it, most it of them It determines whether to, uh, they're male or females. Right. And, and apparently the, uh, the water temperature was – and it's, it's like a very small, like a tenth of a degree or something. And, and, it, and it was making more males than it was – than, than, than females. females. But and here's another, you know, with BP. Okay, so when when BP happened, we our fisheries was closed for mm. pretty much the whole year. That's I right. mean, almost almost an entire year. We had a closed fisheries. There was no speckled trout taken. There was no flounder taken. There was no redfish taken. Nothing. The fisheries got a complete one year, not not reduced limits, zero closure, closure, closure complete moratorium, closure for one year. So you think, well, man, all those fish we left in the water. Man, 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 boy, next year is going to be outrageous. Zero change. Absolutely zero change. The fishing wasn't any different. It may have even been a, maybe a little worse, but but it definitely wasn't any better. Right. It absolutely And that was, was a full closure. And that yeah. was a zero full, complete closure. We took every angler off the water yeah, for, and I would for say almost an entire year. I've always, I mean, y'all y'all were here. I wasn't here during the BP oil spill, but I always kind of felt like Louisiana got the least of oh, yeah, the oil I, spill I, I because of all the too, yeah. river all the river flow. I mean, I feel like most of the oil was pushed out into Florida and Texas coastlines. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it wasn't it, – I was in the middle of it, and I was I was I was kind of like one of the, uh, I I had I've had the governor on my boat, and I had reporters on my boat, and stuff like that, and that there was so much stuff was staged, so much stuff was it was all postured, yeah. you know, just trying. To, we had certain little spots where the oil came in at, and so we knew where those were, and they would direct us to take the news media to those places, and and let them sit there and film their stuff, and and. And Throw a bird it, out there and let them get it. Exactly. <laughs> not the birds. Not yeah. the birds. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was. It was just. It was, dude. It was like, and I. I was involved in the TV business for you know for nine years, so I know about. Really? I know about with, with you know with with. Uh, you filmed a television show for nine years. Uh, on out, outdoor TV. Uh, so I mean, I know all about editing and making things look not quite like they were and stuff like that. But it was utterly amazing how. The one thing, how we would see one thing here, and then we would come back at night and watch the news because we wanted to see ourselves on TV. And you're watching yourself on CNN, and you're just like, "What? That's not what happened. That's not what it looked like." <laughs> they they had to spin it to That's make not, it yeah, more compelling exactly. to the audience, yeah. more, more emotionally involved. Yeah, I, I was out on the dock. I was out there on the dock one day at uh, Cypress Cove. And uh, they, they were look, they were like desperate trying to find people to talk to them and stuff. And a lot of the guides and stuff, they, that's what they wanted to talk to fishermen. Nobody would talk to them. So I walk up out there, and one of them's trying to get me to talk. And I said, "Yeah, I said y'all y'all want to y'all want to know what our real problem is down here? Y'all want me to y'all want me to explain to y'all what's really happening here and why we're really in so much of a bind and this that and the other and everything?" And dude, look, everybody's lights started, the cameras started blinking on, red lights blinking and coming on, on air coming on, and everybody crowded up around me. And I said, "The problem is you." You, 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 it's y'all. Y'all are the problem because y'all are, y'all are putting lies out there and it's destroying our livelihood. And they all went clink, 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 clink and walked off, <laughs> never said a word. And, and it was the truth. They were, they were fabricating so much. Now, was the, yeah, the BP oil spill was a mess. I mean, it needed to be fixed. But, but, man, I mean, we had customers after it was all over with saying, oh, we're not coming down there and fishing in that toxic soup and these contaminated fish. It's a proven fact that the fish are con-. No, it wasn't. No, they weren't. 
Yeah. None of that was true. Yeah. Absolutely none of that they, was true. They, uh, like every year when the Dead Zone uh, article uh, I was, was going to talk about that and a little while ago. People freak out over the Dead Zone article. Yeah, yeah and, and again, th- that could be it's you another know, one of those to people not coming to Venice. It's another one of those things of of, of, of manipulating science. Well, the bug you know? the bug articles too. Remember when the bugs was were a thing? People were calling and wanting to cancel their trips because we weren't gonna, they were we weren't going to have any marsh left. Yeah, the yeah, bugs yeah. bugs were going to destroy it. We were going to have yeah, no marsh the bugs, left. Yeah, you remember the big bug yeah. thing a couple of years back? I mean, we had people calling, freaking out about that, you know? it's That that's what's, like, eroding the, the Rose cane. Well, they yes. thought there was going to be, like, a total annihilation. Like like a locust, you know, like a locust invasion. and Just eat really? everything, you know? And it's like, no, no, man. <laughs> no, I think there was, there was a bug that was eating it, but it just wasn't to the proportions that they were right. reporting it was going to be. Right, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, like going back to the dead zone thing. It's this whole thing is it is it's perception, you know? Man, it's the dead zone. Look at this, this, and all they got all these beautiful charts showing this layer of dead water, and this is like toxic. for the listeners that don't know what the dead zone is, it would be caused due to a lot of fertilizer and uh, nitrates coming down the Mississippi River, right? right. And algae will make a bloom, and because uh, algae will just attract to that stuff. And when the algae bloom happens, it sucks all the oxygen out of the water and creates a somewhat of a red tide. But now they call it like a dead zone where right. you have unoxygenated right. water where fish can't live in it. And it's true. But it's they a but it's just it's just a layer. Layer. Right. It's not it's not like it's not an area that's dead. It's just a small layer portion of the, water of, of the water column. Yeah, and and just about any fish has the. Uh, could be able to evolve and get away from that right. fairly, right. fairly. Well, some easily. of the best fishing we have is in, in what we call the dead zone. Yeah. You know, that's some of the best fishing we have out there. You just don't, you know, wherever the dead, you know, the fish are just. You can drop to the bottom and catch a snapper. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You might not catch. You might not catch one ten feet below the surface, yeah. but you drop down to forty feet and there's there's fish everywhere. We or, catch or, thousands uh, of speckled trout during the dead zone. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Breton. I mean, uh, Breton Sound is considered a dead zone. You know, but look at the trout we catch out there. All, all the dead zone is is just it's a zone. It's a section of the water, but they make it sound like it's this catastrophic, catastrophic syndrome that's destroying the Gulf and everything else. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it's all it's again, it's, you know, media and people, you know, just turning things into to a much more dramatic. They got to have something to sell. Yeah. You know, if they if they have to create it's a gotta, problem to yeah. make money so they can make money, it's got to be a problem for people to want right. to focus on. It. And I think that's something that's weird with humans. Like you, it seems like we gradu we gravitate like even in this conversation, we always gravitate to the more negative sides of things. You know, yeah. like every that's one of the things that I think is most horrific about our country right now is like if it doesn't matter what side of politic spectrum that you're on, is that we're all doomed and that we're all fucked in this whole that like it doesn't matter like this is the worst time to be living everybody's you know everybody's going crazy and yada 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 yet we actually are in the best time in human history to be alive you can literally get on a plane and go all the way around the world you can get in a boat use all these badass electronics top of the line motors rod and reels all this stuff it's literally the best time in human history mm-hmm. to be alive, but yet you watch anything and they tell you it's the worst. Right. Like, how is that possible? Well, because they want they want to trap you. They want to trap your mind and make you think that you have to that they have to save you. Yeah. That's that's the, that's, that's what politicians are all about. They're they're here yeah, to they, save they, us. Yeah, they they they're here to yeah. We need to elect they've, them. They've, right. got, gonna, they've got yeah. the new proposal right. that's going to change the way things right. are. You've got right. these it's problems like, and I we've just got try the to answers. Ignore Follow that us. all the way. 
if you just ignore that all the way and think about all the stuff that we have, it's it's literally the best time to be alive. Yeah. It literally is. You, you can you look know? at it like as the fishing too. You know, I mean, it's it it, it all kind of correlates to each other. Absolutely, like. I'd say that all the time, like, people talk about how great fishing was back in the day, and I'm like, well, I bet it was real great in your Glacier Bay, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your right. bass boat that only held 20 yeah. gallons your gla- of gas. Your Glacier Bay with, twi- with twin 90s. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I mean, and you don't see it around the... I mean, I, let's be honest, the Glacier Bay was a big step up. I mean, that was like, back in the day, man, that was, man, that dude's got a Glacier Bay, bro. Like, <laughs> But it's like, too, like, you know, people talk about how, like, I think Billy said it on, on this podcast, Billy Wells, the guys I work with, you know, he said the fishing was better back then somehow, but now I, I catch more. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like. That's, that's, that's kind of funny to look at like that. I yeah, think. but it's like we've gotten so much better at fishing. We well, are, yeah, me and Brandon talk about that all the time. You know, back in the old days, there was so many fish and it was so good. You, you didn't really have to be that good to catch fish. Now you gotta, you gotta be on your pay game. attention. You yeah, have to pay yeah. attention. You have right. to have a game plan. You have to know what you're doing. Right. When people, where people we, we aren't going to be. Uh, right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. We, we've got such. We've got such. Back then, we had we had a much more attainable population of fish. Now, because there was no pressure. Right. Well, there was. Well, there was there was pressure. You know, obviously, there's more pressure nowadays, but the pressure was more diffused because mm-hmm. you had so much more habitat. You could yeah. spread out. Because, like, an east wind blows 20 in here. There's only two or three places people we, are going right, to Right, we have nothing up. left. Yeah, exactly. Whole, Everybody ends up in right. South Pass. We, we have nothing left. You're South Pass. People are yeah. going to be stacked up in those locations. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, 20 years ago, there was, you know, 15 other places you could go. Right. You know, yeah. so it, it just concentrates everybody more on top of each other. Right. And, 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 you know, it, the, fish, the fish nowadays are less attainable. Because we still have great numbers, but they're just less attainable because we're so influenced by conditions and and, and everything like that. And and the fish, you know, and and, it, and if, if the you know if the fish, there's things going on down there that we don't even know about that's shifting them around and things like that. And 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 so you've got people that aren't good enough to to adjust to that. And right. so they're like, well, there's no fish. We have to adjust the we have to adjust regulations because there's just no fish because I can't catch them. Well, guess what? You suck. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, honestly. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just haven't. being blunt about it. You don't yeah, know what you're it, doing. And I think that there's something to like, you know, like uh, if I, I I broker out a lot of trips to different people, and like if I give a trip, if I give if I put somebody that fishes a lot, like has been coming down here for years and they, they actually know how to fish and I put them with a somewhat of a new guide, that's like a bad matchup. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if I put some really novice fishermen that have maybe gone one or two times in their life and or they've never been before and I put them with a guide that's been down here for twenty years, also a very bad matchup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that guide is gonna get kind of mad at them and he's not going to explain things as well and stuff but that guy that's not as experienced he's also still learning and he's kind of learning with these people and he's better at teaching them you know what i mean so there's just because like guides don't catch a lot of fish that doesn't mean that they're not a good guide you know what i mean they're just not as good at catching right i'm not i'm not talking (laughs) about guides i'm I'm, I'm referring to like just Fishing in, in fishing general. general yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to put down on other guides or anything like that. I'm just saying fishing in, like some of these crybabies that we've got out there that are, 
that, that oh, well, I don't catch fish anymore. Well, maybe you should adjust what you're doing because you know what? The fish aren't where they used to be. And that's the yeah. whole thing with these with these samples and stuff, yeah. with, with what the way Life and Fisheries is doing these samples. They, they're, they're still using a lot of their historic locations. Well, like like up here in, in, up here around uh, California Point and stuff, that's, they still do sane samples up there around California Point and all that. There's no trout up there because there's river water coming from everywhere. Yeah. You know, so you're, 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 you're sampling. Yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. That was a great place to sample for trout. But now that we've letting all this river water come out of, come out of Ostrica and come out of, out of uh, Mardi Gras pass and all that and everything, everything up there is just flooded and inundated with water, with fresh water. Well, that's not where the trout are. That's not where the <laughs> trout, the trout aren't, don't go, they don't go to fresh water to they spawn. Moved. <laughs> they moved. Yeah. You that's know, what I said earlier too, when the conditions are right, the fish are here that's what makes Absolutely. me feel okay with not wanting to change limits because when when the, when the, everything is conducive for the fish to be here they're here yeah they and, are. and they're not coming out of thin air and that's what aggravates me somewhat with like the like when the scientists say that like the you know the fish spawn this time and this time and you know this is when the fish spawn and like they said that a lot about triple tail like around you know they 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 say that they spawn around the fall which they do but I've also caught them with hydrated eggs in the spring, multiple I, years in I a have, row. Yeah, I'm absolutely. It's, I've, I've so it's so like with, and yeah. and in the summertime. So like these fish are spawning whenever things are right. You know, I think and, you're correct. And absolutely. we and they don't. It, you couldn't say like just because they spawn this spring, they might not spawn next spring. You might have a high river. They might not be where they need to be. You know, they there's mother nature that's going to move. And and well, just accordingly to what, what like, the temperatures like, and like redfish, you know, they say, well, the redfish spawn in like September. Yeah. Okay. Well, if maybe if they're if they're spawning, if they spawn in September, then how in August you caught a six-inch redfish? Where'd that redfish come from? Yeah. It, 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 that fish that fish wasn't that fish wasn't hatched in September, and he was a year old and it was six inches. Dude, redfish spawn a lot. Yeah. Throughout the entire year, I've seen them. I've seen spawning redfish in February. I've seen them in the spring, fall. Every time of the year, I'm pretty sure I've yeah. seen. Now, the peak is probably in, in those yeah, certain I mean, periods. There's points where it's obviously right. like they're spawning then. But, look, guys, we've done almost an hour and a half. Um, doesn't even seem like that long <laughs> somehow. That's right. But uh, I think we nailed this one. I really enjoyed this conversation. But I'm going to end on one question. And it's something I've kind of – I get asked every day, and it's something I wanted to ask you guys. How do you hook your shrimp? <laughs> it depends on what type of hook I'm using. If, I, if I'm using a treble hook, I hook them. I tell the customers, go right in between the eye and the brain and the side of his head out the other side with one single hook. One single That's hook, how you right. fish live bait with a treble hook. If I'm fishing with a jig head, thread them through the tail, all the way through the body, poke it out. All the way through, like underneath or underneath, on top? Underneath. underneath. Yes. Really? Yes. Why do you do it underneath? I don't know. It seems the hook just goes in easier. Hmm. How, how would you hook it from well, the top? What about I, you? I, I hook yeah I, mean, I I tend to to hook mine in, in the horn. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're using a treble, if hook. I'm using a treble hook or a, or a straight hook or, or you know whatever, even with a jig head, there there are times when I when I'll hook them through the horn. But a lot of times what I'll do is I'll hook them in the back with with a jig head. See, I don't ever do that. Um, See, this is my thought process because like, I I just feel like the the shrimp can like sprawl out and look more natural like that. Whereas with if you just thread See, them, I don't all think the way that on. makes a difference when you're it, it, fishing. I mean, well, I, I can't fishing. I can't argue with him because he catches a lot of redfish. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I would agree, but like, I, I guess I take this from like the offshore side of things, but like, yeah, if you're using like a straight hook or, uh, you know, hook them through the horn, but I've always was taught like if like back when I used to, uh, fish on a charter boat out of Dolphin Island, 
you know, you would use like strip baits and you would always want to hook the bait to where it would swim most natural to where it wouldn't spin. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like if I'm hooking a shrimp or a dead shrimp or a live shrimp, I could try to go through like that second to last shell on the top and go straight through that shell and go straight back. So the way the, the shrimp swims naturally backwards, because if you thread it through the bottom of it and I hear my customers like, oh, we were fishing with him yesterday. He told us to thread it through the bottom of it. But I'm like, it doesn't look natural at all. See, you me, know what it, I mean? I only do that when I'm red fishing. And I don't think it really truly matters. It probably red doesn't. It probably doesn't. Just... But like I would rather the shrimp move through the water and not spin and look like it's moving away yeah. you know what i mean because if it's if it's moving away from something it's gonna it's gonna scoot backwards right i don't know that's I mean, what i've always I i've just, always been taught to hook my bait the way it, like if you hook like a dead pogey you hook it so, through mean, the nose to where it swims they, they'll right? hit a bare hook too i mean it's like yeah they do too i think we i think we really we, we overthink we, a lot we of overthink stuff. a lot of it but yeah i, yeah. I and again another one of my overthinking things is one of part of the reason that i hook them through the horn well, there's two reasons. Number one is I think they just stay on the hook a little. They're a little bit harder to, to throw off when you hook them mm -hmm. through that hard part of the horn. Uh, but the other thing is I just, uh, you know, fish, if given the chance, the opportunity, they prefer to hit their, their prey head first. Yeah. And so I feel like I get the hook deeper into the fish by hook, by, put, by, by having the, the hook in the head. And that's the way I like when I fish croakers. I, I almost always hook croakers through the nose because – croakers that you never you never see a you never see a, a when you if you catch a trout and there's a fish he has just recently eaten a fish like up through the top of his mouth like through the top of his nose yeah, yeah like through the, the hard like, part through, 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 like through the roof through yeah. the roof of his mouth leave, the, leave the bottom open the bottom lip open so that they can breathe to stay alive yeah exactly but yeah. if you ever if you ever catch a fish that has just eating eating a fish that fish is always 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 Head first head with the tail sticking yeah. out of his mm -hmm. mouth. You're right. So that's yeah. why that's why I always try to hook my fish like that, so that or my baits like that, so so that I can get the hook further into the mouth than possible. That well, makes you better sense. quit doing that. You're gonna have to release all those big trout. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And that's a hey. Let's talk about that real quick. About this. <laughs> oh, about this, no, this. Last thing, we'll, and I'll let you go. Let's talk about with this with this overslot thing. Okay. So we're in a fisheries here, uh, this part of the state right here. We, we catch a ton of 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 quality fish you know i mean a 19 inch fish to us is is nothing special mm -hmm. okay that's just like my customers today i was telling them like, we were talking about this and i was like you know, and, and so we were like you have to release you, we would have to release that little fish and we were like yeah yeah that that would that fish we could only have two fish per person that size and they're just they were they were mind blown by it it was like that's not a big fish i mean it was like well yeah you know in other places maybe it is but here it's not it's absolutely not a big fish and and so We've, we're out there catching these fish, and they're bleeding all over the place. They're flopping all in the boat, you know, getting tangled all up in the net. People are holding them up to take pictures and everything else. Then you throw it in the water. Gills all ripped out of it, you know, from the hooks being down in there deep. Handprints squeezing the fish, dropping him on the floor while you're trying to take the picture from six feet up, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, customers can't hold fish. Yeah, it's, it's, I, we actually I made a joke about that today. The guy dropped it. I was fixing to take a picture of him with a fish, and he dropped it, and I was like, "Well, that's expected. You always drop it before I can take the first picture." <laughs> and uh, he said, "Well, man, I hope I don't do it two times in a row." And he did it twice in a row, dropped the fish before I could take. I, the I picture. try to coach people too, and, they, and it's, they they don't take the coaching very well yeah. on how to hold the fish. Right. You know, you try to explain to them, you know, like don't jam jam your fingers up in his gills, and you know, holding. So he looks bigger, and it's like like a robot. It's like they just don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So these fish are just it, it's they're just. And like yesterday, the customers that I had, I, I I normally handle all the fish as far as the unhooking and stuff like that. Well, I had yeah. one of our customers yesterday. I was I think I was untangling somebody else, and he grabbed and he and I he's known for this. I've noticed him do this a lot, and and uh, but he he'll go grab a towel 
and grab the fish with the towel. A lot of people do that. And 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 the fish that I noticed him do that with was about an 11-inch trout. And I'm like, you got to throw that fish back. And now that, there's no wipe way that the slime off. Absolutely of no way that fish is going to survive. What Once you, you take the slime yeah. off, absolutely no survive. No, no. Yeah. And then the other side of it, okay? So we're you know, Louisiana, we're you know we're big into speckled trout tournaments, okay? I mean, and I've got some friends that are that are they're heavily, heavily some of the the well, they ain't no some of the biggest names on the leaderboards, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I, that I talk to on a very regular basis. And I mean, I've fished tournaments my whole life. I've won everything there is to win. And if you're out there fishing a trout tournament. Okay, you catch you catch two twenty inch trout, twenty two inch trout, whatever. Throw them in the box, because man, I gotta get, I gotta make sure I got my way fish. You know, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't throw them back. I can't throw back two twenty twos and then not catch another fish the rest of the day. And then say, man, I sure wish I had my those two twenty twos to weigh. Mm-hmm. So you have to throw them in the box, and then you're done. Fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes later, an hour later, you catch a twenty six inch trout. What do you think they're gonna do? I actually called somebody today and asked them this, and this is this is one of the very very most well-known names on the leaderboards at, at trout tournaments and he says well he said the 20 inch is going in the drink buddy they're going to throw the fish back we're going to be throwing dead fish back people are going to start culling a lot they're of they're going to start culling dead fish yeah. it's just it, it, now, now, should, yeah, I mean, should they like, do that is that no, no it's, not I mean, it's, it's not ethical it's not ethical but it's going to happen yeah but it's just the it's, same thing as like whenever prohibition was happening he said can't drink no more no more alcohol yep look how that went right <laughs> I mean, you want to get deeper into that. They're trying to propose to put a speed limit on all boats over 35 foot in the Gulf of Mexico to protect the rice whales. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, that's, that's a real... Wait, wait, to protect this what? The rice whales. I've heard about this. Oh, rice yes. whales. I, I thought you were saying... Yeah, I thought rice you were saying, whales. Okay, I thought you were saying whales, but you're from Mississippi, so I had to... Well. <laughs> <laughs> now he's insulting you, Paul. Oh, my God. <laughs> with you. Yeah, the rice whales. And so then, yeah, you're, are, are people really going to go 10 miles an hour? Uh, nah. that, it's, it's, it's like... <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna. I mean, we got some horsepower, bro. Right. We're gonna, we're gonna, you can we're slow gonna, one than forty-two Freemans down. No, we're gonna so. regulate ourselves out of being able to live. You know, I they're mean, gonna it, make criminals. We're gonna have to. Maybe that's their. Maybe that's the mission, man. Yeah, that's exactly. Is to, is to create robots so that we're all under their control and under their finger. You know, that's that's what this all. It's ultimately this. Is what this is gonna. All, it sounds crazy. And ten years ago, people would say stuff like that. And I'm like, this dude's out of his mind. Yeah, that's conspiracy. And now shit. it's like. Probably right. That's probably exactly what's you know. It, it's it's. Yeah, you can it, put it, on your tin foil hat. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> nice But yeah, guys, I uh, really appreciate y'all doing this episode. And, and thanks um, for coming over, Paul. We appreciate I'm gonna it. try and get it out before this uh, meeting. The meetings on the for everybody that wants to attend is July six. July six. That's next thir- Well, uh, you can also Thursday, next Thursday, Thursday from today. I don't know when this is gonna air, but. Yeah. You can also email your opinion also. It's, yeah, on, uh, yeah. yeah, what's the email? What's the email address? Let me grab it real quick. It is comments at wlf.la.gov. Okay. And so anybody, whether you're for it doesn't or matter, it, either for or against it, whatever you want, you can comment and send it in to them and they'll read it. Awesome. Yeah. So everybody can do that. I'm gonna Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if anybody wants to book a trip with you guys, go ahead and plug y'all's. Uh, realshotfishing.com, R-E-E-L. Anything else y'all want to plug? Whatever. 
Four horsemen tackle. Yeah, yeah four horsemen tackle, tackle. American aluminum marine, BNB tackle. That's the guys that make yeah, everything we get all, happen. We get for all us. of our gear from uh, from BNB. Dude, I need to go up there. And do, I want to do a podcast with Austin. I like. Yeah, Austin's a really cool dude, dude man. If you, if you want anything about equipment and stuff like dude, that, dude, he knows everything. He knows. Yeah, he whenever does. I go up there, I'm like, golly, I need to do like anything a, you need. He can get for you. Any question you have about it, he knows about it. Yeah, it's really cool to have somebody like that. Absolutely. Everything when we get stuff, we get some stuff sent to us and stuff like that. But but there's a lot of stuff we have to buy and when we have to buy it we go up there to austin because he, he's and, got and if you come to venice shop local stop at a, a shop like bnb tackle yeah bnb bnb tackle is actually a really cool if he's you're got coming from prices. out of ta- town you can go in there and kind of see what we all use right it's, it's right and that's the thing he, he carries the he right gets stuff it. He, he understands, he understands yeah. the things yeah. that we need and not a lot of it. quantity yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't stand buying four jig heads at it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He's got right. He's got he's got right. you know. And again, you know, for us, he's got the bulk stuff. But then for your weekend guys that don't need to buy a hundred jig heads, he's got the packs too. He's got he's, he's, he's got good, it all. He's got a, he's yeah, got a good sure. good uh good assortment there. All right, but. guys, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good night and uh, tight lines, everybody. Stay safe while you're out in the water.